You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast. For the best damn football team, I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and we are on vacation. Yes, um, we're doing deep voices, too. Is that yeah, something we're, new? Yeah, well, why not, right? We're going to have some fun with it. <laughs> well, hello, it's, everybody. Hello, everybody from the future and from Dubai right yeah. now, where it's probably four in the morning, wherever you are. But nice to talk to you. I think I'm still in New Jersey when this releases, but I will soon be uh-huh. in Florida, so... Nice. Um, we're just going to kind of take a little bit more of an in-depth look at the draft picks one by one in uh, a space where we can talk about them a little bit more. Um, so first first pick in the draft, Giants selected Deontay Banks, corner from Maryland. Uh, they picked him first round, pick 24. The Giants drafted Banks after seeing the top four receivers get selected just before they were on the board. Even with Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State still on the board, the Giants executed a previously agreed-upon trade scenario with the Jacksonville Jaguars to move up just one slot to pick 24 and selected Deontay Banks. He is 6 feet, 197 pounds, with 31-inch arms and ran a 4.35.40. So tall, long, fast. All staples of the Wink Martindale defense especially on the outside um he's got really really absurd quickness to recover from missteps but he does have missteps and they're usually right off the bat at the release um he is still growing he was not the highest recruit out of maryland he was not the best corner from maryland and out of high school to be recruited i believe maryland was the only power five offer that he got although i think it was his first and he immediately well his first Power 5 offer, and he immediately snatched it up to play for his home state. Um, but, I mean, he has some flaws. I think he gets a little too grabby with the sharper cut and shifty guys in response uh, to recover, but he also does have the speed to recover, at least at the college level. That four three five speed is always going to help him, but it's not going to be the same asset at the NFL level as, he w- as it was at the college level. That seems pretty obvious. Um, he does have a natural feel for routes, though. He does understand what he's watching a lot of the times in off-man coverage uh, when he can kind of backpedal uh, or run alongside at a distance. He kind of understands what he's seeing and what to react to. Um, he is best as a sticky man corner, in my opinion. Uh, I think that he can use his closing speed in off-man coverage, but in that in that tight press man coverage, he does use a lot of his, you know, hands to frustrate wide receivers alongside the route the whole way. Um, and I, I think that over time throughout the course of a game, that kind of skill set, just that frustration boils up over the course of the game for a wide receiver can get in their head. So I tend to like that kind of quality in him. He can get a little too physical in coverage get himself a lot of penalties he also takes some risks and is just flat out wrong and can't recover Uh, all little things that are coachable and he can get under control but most importantly he is aggressive downhill and loves to mix it up in the run game another big wink martindale thing it's super important on the edges 
he tore his shoulder, I believe, in week two of 2021 in his junior season. Uh, I didn't see the play in which it happened. I tried to look for it and, and figure it out. I couldn't. Uh, I would just wanted to see if it was him in run support or just you know something funky happening in the way he fell. But um, yeah, so give me your thoughts. What did you think of the the pick, the trade? Uh, how do you see him fitting in in this defense? What are your thoughts? Well, again, my thoughts on the draft are probably different than most people who are really into the draft. I put a lot of faith into my general manager. Uh, they have a lot more information than I do. They know what is on their big board. I don't. You know, I can make my own big board. I can make my own mock draft. I can see what other, you know, media people and other, you know, podcasters and everything what's on their boards and say my board is different than their board, but it doesn't really matter. It's the only board that matters is what Joe Shane and the, and the Giants front office has on their board and what they value what they consider a, a true first-round draft pick versus a second and a third because drafting for value is almost as important as getting the guy that you want in, in, on your board. So, you know, I went into this draft thinking there were three major needs on this team that need to be upgraded, but really into this offseason, never mind the draft. I, we need to upgrade wide receiver. We need to cornerback. Um, need to uh, – um, improve the offensive line those are the three things that we need to improve if we got someone from any one of those i'd feel good because we're making this team better um trading up a spot or two if that's the guy they felt was you know undervalued that was still available but they still felt they could get him and not have him being snatched away by somebody else i think it's worth the risk to trade up a spot and you know we had extra picks you, you get rid of one of those picks to get the guy you want and if the the front office truly believes that they got a guy that they wanted that was on their board and is a value where they got him. So be it. You know, we're getting a first round pick guy who should be good enough to make this team better. And that's what we're trying to do. So I was, uh, I was glad. I, I, I'm glad we got him and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think the key thing that you said there is that they got their guy. Uh, they moved up a spot, and they still didn't want Joey Porter Jr., which uh, a lot of fans wanted, a lot of media people, a lot of informed people all thought the Giants would be interested in. And I, you know, my initial reaction was confusion, like why you'd trade up, because, you know, oh, either, you know, someone takes Joey Porter Jr. and you still have Deontay Banks or vice versa, but either way, you have a good corner no matter what. And I, I thought, well, clearly, they if they moved up and still didn't take Joey Porter, then they didn't really value Joey Porter. And I thought maybe that had to do with, like, you know, maybe he's not as good reacting to, you know, shifty receivers was my, in my initial thought because it was a criticism I had. But I honestly think that it's the willingness to come down in the run game and be a hard-hitting tackler and have that want to to hit. Uh, Joey Porter is – that is the clear-cut difference between the two of them other than, you know, in some ways Joey Porter is more refined and more pro-ready mm -hmm. than Banks. I mean, Banks is clearly a little bit more raw, but he will come up and lay the wood, and he wants to. Uh, I mean, the, the gap between the two is not like it's 
you know, clear cut night and day. Like, why did you pick this guy over this guy? I mean, they're well, both. no, but I, I, the fact that they traded up and didn't take Joey Porter tells me that Porter was far lower on their board. Like, yeah. the, like that gap was not that close. No, no, I, I'm saying the gap between the two may not have been that close, but the gap between oh, I this see. guy's this guy's really good and this guy's eh, okay. You know, even even if you know they didn't make the trade. He gets picked and he still have to go with Porter. I don't think it's anything if they're going to be like, oh, damn it, we're settling for this guy. Right. So I, I think fans kind of, you know, they, they look at like the guy at 25 versus the guy at 29 or whatever as this big chasm between the two. And if that's not the case, it's just that's who they wanted. They, then, you know, again, we, we, we will never see their big board. Yeah. You know, did they have. We'll see Jerry Jones' big board, though, just as proof that he didn't make a draft fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could they even have 32 guys they consider first-round picks? You know, what's that line? For? I didn't. No. Yeah. See, so, you didn't. Yeah, I did not. Um, as far as his role in the team goes, for this year, I, I think he figures to start opposite of Dory Jackson on the outside. Um, I could see Cordell Flott getting some snaps on the outside as well and doing a fair amount of rotating, especially in the camp and early season phases of the year. Phases of the year. Um, I think Flat is still likely to be like the corner three in certain nickel looks and uh, the return of Aaron Robinson to the slot where, where he fits best. I think in Martindale's defense, at least, that's where he fits best. I think he can make for a much more talented back seven than they had last year, Julian Love notwithstanding. Uh, Long term, I, I still think it's possible the Giants are going to extend to Dory Jackson. Um, especially if he's willing to negotiate to remain with the Giants for contender slash New York City market reasons. Um, I, don't, I, don't but I, th- I, I don't know where I stand with him. Whether uh, Some days I feel like they're going to extend him, some days I feel like they're going to release him. Yeah, I, I think somewhere <laughs> in my gut, I feel like the Giants are okay with Jackson hitting the open market and just mm-hmm. continuing to build the back seven themselves. That's just kind of how I feel. I don't really have a good basis for that. I think they I guess- like him a lot. Yeah, He's I guess certainly we see a good how, player. I guess we see how these guys develop. You know, Flott's only going to be his second year also. Right. You know, if, these, if these guys show signs that they can be the next generation of, of, of your two starters, you know, that makes your decision that much easier. If they feel, you know, these guys are more projects, because even Cordell Flott we thought was a little bit of a project. Yeah, he certainly did, and I don't want to make this conversation necessarily about him, but no, no, no. in I, his I, I, spot role – on the outside, like he played against the Eagles, he played directly across from AJ Brown and played pretty well in the limited. Limited, yeah. But uh, he didn't embarrass himself at all. Yeah. Um, that's a, that, that's my point. Is if these two guys are developing at a rate where they feel they can be, you know, your QB, your, your CB one to CB two going forward, you know, they may that pull would the, be <laughs> what an they, extraordinary move they would have put off at that point. What do you yeah, think? yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I do think that this this year, I I think there's a chance that Flat will mix in a little bit. I, it's so tough. I get very worried about first round corners, and I don't know how you feel about it. I, I know you know how I feel about it. Um, it's such a confidence, uh, dependent position, that it it really makes me nervous to throw a guy out there as a rookie and possibly permanently damage it. You know. I think you have to get you have to got have to have a guy with attitude as much as ability. And we've seen the guys that have yeah. come and step in right away. They have big personalities. They think it, they think they're booby miles from Friday Night Lights. They, you know they think they're the shit. 
And you know something? You need that because it's a the NFL is very humbling. And you're gonna take you're gonna you're not gonna be the glove you were in college, you know, ninety nine out of hundred pass attempts. It's gonna be your percentage is gonna be lower and you know how do you shake off getting burnt the first time in practice when you face a guy or the first time in your first game in September? So I, I think, you know, the guys that get drafted super high are usually those ones that just have that kind of bravado and that uh, I'm the best, fuck you type of guy. Yeah. Well, I guess what I will say is a comment that, that leaves me hopeful is that, like, unlike somebody who's like Joey Porter, who's like, you know, family bloodlines to the NFL or, you know, or even somebody like Christian Gonzalez who was like, oh, well, he's definitely the corner, the first corner that's going to get drafted. Um, this is a dude that was never counted as the best at anything. I mean, like I said, it, it was a str- not a struggle, but he had to work his ass off to get a Power 5 scholarship. Um, he busted his ass there. And, you know, I had him graded as the top of the second round. You know what I mean? So... It's not – he was never considered the top guy. So I think he is probably got that chip on his shoulder like hard worker mentality. I think he's sure. had it for a while now. So good. I feel pretty good about that pick at least. And it's at such a premium position. So I can't wait to see him develop over the years. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Having an Adoree Jackson on the other side makes it a little easier to him to develop at more of his pace and being thrust into a role of like you have to be covering – you know, the elite receivers in this league on day one. Right. With pick 57 in the second round of the draft, the Giants selected John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota, 6'4", 301 pounds. This dude moves into the open field and throws people around. He gets to the second level and wrestles them out of the way. He is athletic, and he runs with good angles, although he is not the most fleet of foot. Um... He is a very fast and active hand fighter. He is a former wrestler and uses leverage to his ability very well. I think he could stand to improve his pad level at times. He can be a little bit high in his stance. But overall has really good anchor in the pass game. I think he's incredibly intelligent. Uh, You could see it on film. He's always got his head on a swivel. He's never badly out of place. He never loses badly to begin with. And that was confirmed later with, you know, the post-draft interviews with Bobby Johnson. He said that he had asked him every question he could or whatever. And in order to get him to get a question wrong uh, about, you know, blocking responsibilities or whatever, he had to ask him questions designed to play tackle. And this is a center, always center. Um, this dude is an excellent run blocker. He's not going to overpower with strength, but he definitely gets excellent body position. He seals off. Like I said, he's very good at leverage and, um, you know, that wrestling, like grappling background, you can see visibly on film. It's very easy to see. Um, and he drives his feet. He doesn't have that nasty demeanor, um, but he definitely plays through the whistle as well. Um, this is a guy that's just absolutely easy to root for. Uh, I, I I anticipate that he's going to step right in, play center, and be pretty good at it. He's going to have to bulk up to the NFL level. There's times where you can see him just throwing shoulders and getting the job done at the Big Ten level. That's not going to happen the NFL level, but he'll learn that pretty quickly. And I feel very comfortable with John Michael Schmitz here for the years to come. How do you feel, Cranky Fan? 
I think if we go back three or four episodes when we did our uh, draft, you know, prediction preview show, whatever, I think I said I wanted either him or Osiris Torrance with our first pick. So um, I was very thrilled when he fell into the second round and, and we snatched him. I, it was that Saturday or Friday. I was somewhere. I don't know where I was. And I got the text from you. Wait, weren't you at your anniversary dinner? I was at my anniversary dinner. Jeez, let, let's edit that's that why, part. I, that's why I texted you. <laughs> yeah, let's edit that part in case Cranky Wife is listening and she forgets that I was at anniversary dinner. So, <laughs> But no, no, you texted me, and I was just like, wow. I, I can't believe he, he fell, and he, he fell into our lap, and we got him. Um, you know, we could say all we want about, you know, getting all the wide receivers and tight ends and running backs and what's going to happen with Barkley's contract and Daniel Jones and blah, 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 but you have a good offensive line. A lot of that's moot, and we are now have a, an offensive line on paper that is just about there for being a potentially dominating offensive line for years to come. Guys that are you know on their rookie contracts or you know soon to be getting their second contract. Um, a lot of pedigree with all these guys that are there, and what was for years a neglected unit is getting a lot of attention you know we've used uh was it three of the last four years or three last five years we've used a first round pick on the offensive line or a second round pick i guess he's he's second round but we've invested a lot of draft capital in making the offensive line better and that makes me really really happy so i was i was thrilled elated it's really weird that um you select a player where you get like my reaction is like an immediate sigh of relief for the 2023 season because I really didn't know what the option was if we didn't get a starting quality center in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also be very excited down the line, like long term. Sure. It's it's just a strange situation to, to have experienced both of those kind of in succession where like my immediate thing is like, oh, thank God. Somebody, somebody competent is going to be snapping the ball this year, and then it's just like you think about it more, and you're like, okay, so he's going to slide directly into the starting lineup at center, uh, partially because they only have bad alternative options. But then the <laughs> Giants are going to sign Thomas to a long-term deal. We already we know that's going to happen, uh, right. and we'll have three to four years of the shell of the offensive line under contract with Thomas, JMS, and then Evan Neal on the right side. And then when you think about the guard situation, there's promising young depth there with. The versatile Josh Azudu with the traded for Ben Bredesen, who showed improvement last year. They mm-hmm. have some veteran depth there with Mark Lewinsky, when Shane Lemieux a little bit. Um, and they can still stand to improve those things over time. So, And also, that doesn't mean that this is the last year we'll, we will be drafting a, a offensive line when we're trying to acquire one for the next six years. There'll probably be somebody we pick up, you know, whether it's a project or somewhere in the media draft picks next year, they try to make this... Offensive line even better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I don't think that they're gonna need to have like a premium asset like a day one or day two pick invested into the offensive line, but yeah, I mean they've only drafted like two centers. And, I don't even think they, they didn't draft Sean O'Hara, but to replace Sean O'Hara, they eventually tried to uh, work Weston Richburg, which I I thought was a good draft pick at the time. If you remember back, sure, uh, from Colorado or Colorado State. Colorado Somewhere. State, yeah, the Rams, yeah, or whatever. Um, and yeah, he's a pretty good tough guy. But ultimately, he fanned out in the league. I thought he was going to be a pretty good fit, but 
This injury? one, did he have an injury or something? I think he was just always generally banged up, but that was like around the time where we felt that about the team. If you remember, like that felt like the Weston Richburg, Justin Pugh days. Yes. That felt like for like four years in a row, we were the most injured team in the league. But I don't <laughs> like mean the, like, but yeah. it wasn't like, oh, like seven wide receivers tore their ACL. It was just a smattering of like right. dings and dents where guys played like three games a year, but it wasn't like three games in September. It was like two right. games in October and then like the last game in December or something like that. And, you know, like I was with coming into the season with Evan Neal, I'm going to feel the same way about him is that these guys are going to be rookies. They are going to struggle somewhat making the adjustment to the NFL. It's very difficult to play offensive line. So I know a lot of people want to run Evan Neal out of town because he had a very rocky rookie year. And this may happen to John Michael Smith as well. And I am putting 100% patience on, you know, he's going to be our starter on day one. It's probably going to be a bit of a rough road this year, but that's not going to change my perception that he will not be an important piece of this offensive line for the next several years. And I think people should do that also. They should do it with Evan Neal. We, we kind of warned you that might be the case, as would happen with Andrew Thomas's rookie year. You know, and even now, you know, I am still putting full faith in Evan Neal, and I will for, for Smith as well. Yeah, and he's going to have bad reps, man. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the defensive lines that he's going to have to go against with Washington and Philadelphia twice a year. That's four games right there. He's definitely going to have sure. some, some low lights in those games. Yeah. I would be very surprised if he didn't. Um, that being said, the best center this team has had in a couple of years now has been Nick Gates. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you have a do you think there was anybody better? No. I mean, when he was healthy, it was him. Yeah. So I mean, and at he was, you know, fine. So yeah, exactly. I, I think this is such a huge upgrade that we're not even used to seeing. He's become a cult him. hero, but I wouldn't say he was ever an all-pro. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It, it was right. more about his demeanor, and it, I think right. the fact that he was a no-namer that scrapped his way up to the to the point of getting into fights with Aaron Donald is the reason you like him. He's got sort sure. of that Rocky mentality to him or, or, or legacy to him, I guess. Not because he's out there pancaking dudes every play. Exactly. In the third round and pick 73, the Giants selected Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee, 6 feet, 176 pounds, with 4-4 speed. This dude has deep speed out of this world, and he has solid hands to go with it, which is usually the problem that we see with the deep speed guys. Um, In addition to that, a lot of the—he would get so far out in front of defenses or I guess behind defenses that he would have to adjust to some bad quarterback throws from Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. They kind of ran an offense that allowed him to have free releases and maximize his speed in ways that I don't think a lot of college programs had utilized before, at least not with a competent staff of a line that can protect a quarterback that can make the throw to get to a guy 60 yards downfield anyway. Tennessee. Um, Yeah. Tennessee had kind of a perfect storm last year of having a, quarterback that was like 32 years old um you know uh you know a a pretty experienced offensive line a gimmicky offense that predicates on you know getting as many snaps off as possible in a game and having talent i mean you know there's there's several guys from that team got drafted you know all throughout different you know rounds in the draft and and a good coach josh heupel is a good coach he 
he did a good job at USC. You know, uh, I'm sorry, UCF. He's doing a good job at Tennessee. Um, I saw him in, up in person in Knoxville for the Florida-Tennessee game. I saw him go up against Jason Marshall, a, a five-star recruit who probably will be in the league after next year, and uh, did pretty well against him. <laughs> um, you know, that was an, a, an offensive shootout. Um, you know, again, the speed, the quickness, um, something we haven't had in, in quite a while, at least the, the perception of – I mean – I know we had guys like John Ross, but I mean somebody who can really actually catch the ball too, be like a legitimate offensive threat. Sure. So, yeah. 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 I, I think so. Tennessee's offense has led him to have some undeveloped route running skills, right? Uh, most of his route tree is super duper limited. A lot of like wheel routes, go routes, things like that. Yes. Yes. Uh, a lot of free release things. Um, but that's not to say that there is. Not like anything to Jalen Hyatt. Uh, but remember, remember for nothing else, <laughs> he had five touchdowns in one game against Alabama. That doesn't uh, you can't don't give me that. First of all, how many? I, I don't think have, that. First of all, I think there is nothing that is more indicative of a scheme than that. A uh, one game one off of like any like I watched that game. I saw the the touchdowns. Like two of them were just bombs. Like just shitty coverage. Yeah, but I mean shitty coverage against you know elite talent too. Sure, but I mean also so. it, it's just you know maximizing his speed is certainly something that mm-hmm. is going to be a problem at the NFL level. Um, I, I think that it, so okay, his speed is not super elite. It's not four three speed. He didn't run a four three. Joe Shane keeps saying four three. He, at the combine he didn't run a four three anything. So right. it's it's insane speed it's very very good speed it's not elite speed there are faster Tyreek Hill is faster and it's you can see it um that being said he knows how to run his deep routes his limited route tree he understands how to run correctly in that he can tempo that speed he can lull you into thinking he's running his top gear when he's not he understands how to lean and use body position to maximize separation with his speed he just doesn't have a whole lot of stop and start. There's not a lot of quickness to him. It's really faster than he is quick. Um, I, I want to go back to something you said, and it was the previous episode. We, if you listened to us last week or whenever the other one was shown, you didn't think he was going to have a major part. And I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if I'm wrong. You said something to the effect of he's not going to have a major role in this offense this year. And that's led to our discussion of do we, we even. You know, there was rumblings he might be a punt re- brought back for punt returns too. Um, can you clarify that for me, or did I catch that wrong? Or what? what no, no, no. Yeah, I think in this year, based on his current limitations coming into the NFL, I think his role is going to fluctuate this year between like wide receiver three and four or something, based on the matchup. I think based on what they see on film. And what he does will dictate where he is on the depth chart from week to week. I think he has too much to learn and build up on. Like, he has to, first of all, learn entire routes that he just doesn't do, period. Uh, and by doesn't do, I mean he didn't do enough to refine. They are really sloppy. Any in-breaking or out-breaking route, he, he, it's not in his repertoire, period. I think he needs to continue cleaning up his like comeback routes, his back shoulder routes, things that maximize his speed, right? I mean, there's nothing more effective than a back shoulder throw, especially if it's one of the fastest guys in the league. I mean, just the threat of that speed 
creates separation on its own. So right now, I think that he's going to have a series of plays that they already know they want to try with him, and I think they're going to be open to trying more and more and more creative stuff with him. But they're going to be a series of plays that are going to utilize his unique speed that will give him field time every single game no matter what. But whether he is more involved in the game plan and higher up on the depth chart, I think it's just going to depend on the matchup, which may even change based on injuries. You know what I mean? They might have to practice things in case a guy who's questionable is whatever, and that may change midway through a game. You know what I mean? I, I That so, would not shock me if we saw that. So this is where I say, yet again, <laughs> the draft is not for this year. A hundred percent. The this win- is a long-term piece. The window is not this year or bust. <laughs> we have Daniel Jones now for what's in it four years under contract now? Yes. We have a an investment in the future and this is one of those pieces. So like Evan Neal, like so many others, if you don't see immediate results right away, let's keep the word bust in our back pocket and not start shooting that all over Twitter and all these different things. It's you know, we we, we you will see production. You're not going to see the answer to the problem of not having any weapons in 2023, at least in the start. Well, I mean, I gave you my perspective. That's what I think his role is going to be on this team. You watched the same coaching staff as me last year, so it's not like I know any more than you do. Do you think yeah. that he'll have a more expanded role in 2023 than that? Um, I mean, you also no. watched him in person, which I have. Yeah, been. I watched him in person. Uh. I think he's going to have every opportunity to compete, to get you know more and more snaps. I think it'll be over the evaluation period during starting with minicamp to OTAs. To the, the, uh, I don't think they're going into this thinking, maybe in the back of their mind, this is going to take some development, but I think he's going to get every opportunity to try to compete to see what the starting point for that role is going to be, whether it's you know a scripted four or five routes you start with that or, or more. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's going to have more snaps than uh, Kadarius Tony had beginning this year. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be more of a. Well, let's, let me ask you this: Do you think he'll have as much of a role in the offense as uh, what's his name, uh, Wendell Robinson? Well, so it's very similar. Like you saw, Wendell Robinson was slowly being implemented more and more into the game plan over time mm-hmm. uh, and then he had that like big breakout game which was what detroit mm-hmm. um I, I certainly think they'll bring jalen Hyatt along that way a little at a time but i think and this is my opinion i think wandell robinson's like shifty quicker than he is fast has in itself built in more of a role in the brian dable offense than jalen hyatt's speed over quickness just as a percentage of plays right yeah um i mean it may i don't know what percentage of field time he might get like a ton of snaps where his whole job is clear out right where he's just stretching the field to open up shit underneath but i don't know is that really an expanded role just because he's getting a shitload of snaps well i guess more targets than just snaps but also this wide receiver room and this overall receiver room is a little deeper than it was. Oh, last definitely. Year. Yeah. So the urgency of having to get him out there may not be as, you know, as important as it was last year. 
Oh, absolutely. I think it would be by design. I mean, there, there's no reason to force things on a guy who's clearly got to keep learning some things. And not, that's not a bad thing. It's just... Oh, not at all. So it's an upside thing. I think in the long term, the upside here is that he can develop the refinement in his route tree that best uses his strength. So, like I said, the back shoulder throws, the um, comeback and hitch routes, slants, slant and go, that sort of thing. All the routes that maximize... Uh, the effectiveness is of speed, uh, and that's going to put him on the field more often. If over time the coaches can expand his route tree to include in and out breaking routes with crisp, clean cuts and stuff like that, well, then they've created something truly dangerous. You know, I mean, I think that's the ultimate reach for upside is that you can bring him to that point. But I think the eventual, like we're pretty sure we can at least do this, is to refine the those limited routes that maximize his effectiveness. You know? Yep. Yep. I hear you. Um, I have, you know, I think Jalen Hyatt is going to be one of those guys who's kind of like a, a dagger player over time. Like, I don't know that he's ever going to have like an eight catch game for the Giants, but it might be one of those things where he has like two catches on two targets for 65 yards. I I was going to say like 90 yards and two touchdowns. Like he just like, Oh, he just scores touchdowns and he does nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Um, as a punt returner, I know we discussed this on last week's episode. I'd see him more as a kick returner, where you you're either taking a knee like 95 percent of the time, but if he is coming out of the end zone, it's very straight line specific, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see yeah. him as a punt returner. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I again, until we get some more depth on this team and you know another weapon or two, I'm very hesitant to use him back there at all. I yeah, just I agree with you. Yeah. All right, that's going to kind of do it for this one. The next episode that you guys will see will be on the day three picks, all four of them. So we will discuss that Uh, either – well, I don't know. I guess you're going to have to follow uh, on Twitter at football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, at just giants pod, or subscribe to the YouTube channel to figure out when that's going to be because I haven't decided while I was talking. So that's going to depend on um, just the way the schedule falls. I got to look gonna, at it. We're going to bring closer. it along slowly. The schedule, like Jalen with Hyatt, same thing. Yeah, bring yeah. it along slowly. Just kind of guide it into exactly its, into its eventual place. Um, but yeah, if if you subscribe to the show, then you'll just know when uh, you get a notification. So that's usually easier. Um, Sounds like a plan. All right, we will see you all in just a couple of days. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.